Struggles and hardships are bound to occur in your marriage. What can you do to safeguard it? And what do you do when you're in crisis mode? In today's episode, we discuss these topics, but some of the things are sensitive in nature, so be mindful if you have kids around. We hope that you find this episode helpful. Welcome to Life Beyond the Chariot, a faith and family series from the St. Philip Institute. We believe we are called to not only know, but also to live the truth of the gospel within our homes, in our workplaces, and beyond. We believe we are invited to encounter Christ in the messiness of day-to-day life and to live as his disciples. Hello, friends. Welcome back. Mickey, it's so good to see you. It's been a minute. It has been. It's been a while since we've been in the studio, so this is so nice to be back. Yeah, absolutely. How has your summer been so far? It's been great. Uh, Very busy. So we uh, started homeschooling this week. We started our year. So um, I have spent a lot of time the past month, like trying to prepare and get ready. Nice. And uh, I'm learning a new skill, basketry. Oh. (laughs) I know. I made a really small basket out of pine needles, some mom friends and I who do a co-op. So that's a new accomplishment is making baskets. It's small. It could probably hold an egg, but yeah. That is awesome. (laughs) I can't do that. We should have a basket making night at my house. We could do it. it. I love it. That's awesome. What about you? We just went to Memphis. I'm originally from Memphis, Tennessee. And um, people keep asking me how my vacation was. I'm like, was it a vacation? Because we were just in a different city with all of our kids (laughs) doing what we usually do. But we had grandparents. So very grateful for grandparents. Always helpful. Yes. Yes. Very, very helpful. Very helpful. So it's so good to be back. Um, I know last week we did um, our first live stream Mm -hmm. on in our Facebook group and our Facebook group is up to like 123 people. So Maybe 127. Oh, that's great. So we'll we'll keep putting links to, to that group. It's a really great place for us to just continue some of these conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess like three or four weeks ago, we had an episode talking about why aren't Catholics getting married mm-hmm. in the church. And that really spurred a, a really good conversation on marriage itself. And um, just in the Facebook group, it was really great to see um, some of these uh, questions and, and conversations, but one consistent thing was struggles in marriage. Right. Uh, and we kind of touched on it last week in our live stream, and we thought it would be really good to just follow up with an actual podcast episode really addressing the struggles in married life because Absolutely. the struggle is real uh, because marriage is important and uh, it, is, it is a vocation, um, but acknowledging the reality um, but I think from the from the get go, um, as Mickey and I have been just praying about this episode and mm-hmm. preparing, we really felt like it's really important for us to have some boundaries around the conversation because right. you and I are not counselors. Nope. <laughs> we do not um, we do not have that those degrees. So there are situations that we just can't provide guidance on because right. we we don't have that specialty. Um, we're not qualified to offer solutions on extreme cases that come up. But at the same time, we want to acknowledge that things like domestic violence and abuse, whether emotional or physical, that those things are real. Yeah. Um, and, we, and I was shocked oh to see how many people brought that up in our conversation. It made me realize like, okay, this is an issue because it's not necessarily a world that I live in right. or even that I know if my friends live in, but it's not one of those things that are talked about. So we we're not trying to still not talk about it, right? Um, but realizing that each case can be different. 
Right. Um, and getting proper help in those situations. Exactly, exactly. And we'll touch a little bit towards the end. There was actually, someone brought to our attention that the bishops, the U.S. bishops, published a document specifically addressing domestic violence towards women. Um, And there were some really great things that came out of that document um, that we want to touch on. But again, just acknowledging like there are extreme cases. Mm -hmm. We don't want to be just disingenuous when it comes to acknowledging those struggles. Um, But also not wanting to provide, if you're looking for a podcast that provides a list of like, here's when divorce is okay. This is not that podcast. No, Um, That's not the goal of this podcast. Um, But we want to acknowledge that marriage is challenging. There are things that we can do to make sure that we're protecting our marriage because that does have to be absolutely a priority. And we try to communicate that to, to our engaged couples, but we realize like as marriage, as the years go on, different challenges come up, but there are things that we can do to really protect that relationship um, and the sacrament and our vocation. Um, And ultimately what we want to touch on is like the grace of the sacrament is a real thing and there are practical things that we can do to, to protect. And there are things that we can do when we realize that we're in crisis mode. Yeah. Because I would venture to say many married couples will go through some sort of crisis mode Yeah, because it is hard. And we've talked about this before, that marriage is the foundation of the family, Mm. which is the foundation of society and the domestic church. And so our marriage will be attacked on all sides, right? The enemy does not want, Satan does not want our marriages to succeed. Mm -mm. Uh, Because if you can, uh, if a marriage can successfully break down, that trickles down to the kids, it trickles down to so many areas of societal life in general. And so realizing that, uh, that to expect, I guess, struggles because, um, first we're human and we're flawed, Mm -hmm. but second, um, that spiritual dimension that Satan doesn't want us to be successful in our vocation that's called to bring us to holiness. So safeguarding. Yeah. Satan hates your marriage. Satan hates your marriage. Like (laughs) that's sometimes a very jolting thing to hear, but recognizing that he is the enemy, not your spouse. That's right. That's that is uh, that's a key thing uh, to remember in all that. And like as we're diving into the conversation, I think it's it's really helpful to even just look at um, like Ephesians five because that is a passage that can get twisted. Um, it's that passage that can make people uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, like, what does it actually mean? And I mean, full disclosure, we only have 30 minutes here, so I'm not going to do a deep, deep dive into the, I probably won't even do the theology justice here, but Ephesians 5, 21 begins with be subject to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, be subject or submissive to your husbands as you are to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, just as Christ is the head of the church, the body of which he is the Savior. Just as the church is subject to Christ, so also wives ought to be in everything to their husbands. And there are men, I have sat in meetings with men who will stop there and will Mm -hmm. justify their behavior based off of that passage. But being the good Catholics that we are, (laughs) we have to keep reading and read it within the context. So St. Paul continues, husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. 
in order to make her holy by cleansing her with the washing of water by the word so as to present the church to himself in splendor without a spot or wrinkle or anything of the kind. Yes, so that she may be holy and without blemish in the same way husbands should love their wives as they do their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. And it goes on and it's beautiful. But Mm -hmm. I mean, reflect on those words. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. How did Christ love the church? Look at a crucifix. Mm -hmm. Husbands, you're called to lay down your life for your bride. But as wives, we're not Mm -hmm. off the hook, right? (laughs) Right. (laughs) And looking at that word submission, wives, put yourself under the mission of your husband. If your husband's mission is to give all, to die to self, but to love Christ, his, his primary mission is to love Christ first and then that that love is also reflected in the way that he loves his family. We also have to pursue that love of Christ and to be willing to lay down our lives um, and to be receptive to the love of our husbands. And there's, I mean, there's so much yeah. more that you can unpack right. there. Um, but the fact that St. Paul is not justified, justifying spousal abuse by any means, yeah. um, he's He's talking about the fact that if he and if you go on in Ephesians five, um, how this is a reflection of the love that Christ has for his church. And that's the reality that we as married couples are reflecting in the world is that God's love is free. It's total. It's faithful. It's fruitful. And that we're witnessing to the world um, God's love uh, for us and that there is a greater reality as great as marriage is here on earth. There is something more and we're supposed to be that sacramental sign, you know, pointing others towards the love of God and witnessing that. Um, and especially within the spousal union. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's, that's, I think that's important to keep in mind as we journey into the struggle. Right. And I would just uh, invite anyone to just sit with that scripture. Cause mm. I know there was a time in my marriage when, with my husband, when we, it was earlier on in our marriage, we had a big disagreement on basically a career change, which meant moving states. And I was leaning one way, he was leaning toward the other, and it created quite some tension. And I was like, I felt like I was at a standstill. I was like, what do we do? Like, we're both, we both really felt like God was calling us to this way. It was just very different. And I, you know, so I remember sitting with this scripture like I went back cause I was like, mm. I don't know what else to do. And Jesus was like, come read my word. <laughs> so I did. And this really helped me out. Um, and it's, it's sort of the, that thing when we talk about authority, like there definitely can be an abuse of authority, but there can also be a disrespect of authority. And I think it can go both ways. So to just be mindful that if you are in a place of authority, um, using that in a way to bring your family to holiness and mostly speaking to the men here mm. and, uh, and for women, it's easier for us to be submissive to that under that mission when we recognize that he respects the office of authority and knows that it's given by God. Um, and But also at the same time, respecting his position as um, the man that God is calling him to be, even if he's not there yet. Yeah, Does that make sense? And I think yeah. that's really important because Christ is perfect. Mm. He's God, right? Mm-hmm. And so recognizing that our husbands in their leadership aren't perfect. And I think one of the things when I read this is to realize that our husbands may not make the best decision. I'm not saying like an immoral decision. I mean, we always know that that's right. not good. I'm talking about um, something like with finances or moving or career employment. I mean, there's so many things yeah. that can happen. And so your idea might be better 
or you may see that what that where you're coming from makes more sense right and there definitely needs to be that communication where both people feel heard and understood Mm -hmm. but at the end of the day you can't have two co-pilots does that make sense Mm. um because then it the plane may not land safely if both people are trying to grasp control and so i think it's hard um once discernment has happened communication has happened for the wife to be like i'm going to trust my husband but also I'm praying that he's also trusting God to lead him. Yeah. And that surrender is really hard. Yeah. Um, and again, it doesn't mean that every decision that is made is going to be perfect. Um, understanding that mistakes will happen or it's flawed, but we learn through all of that. Yeah. Right. And our husbands can learn if they didn't make a good decision, just like our kids learn when they don't make a good right. decision. And when my kids realize that they haven't made a good choice, I can be more merciful than if my husband realizes he hasn't made a good choice. Mm. And that should not be the case, mm. right? Mm. And so just understanding that I think is important. Yeah, yeah. And I think also when we when we reflect on Ephesians 5 specifically, going back to the cross and recognizing like marriage, Marriage and family life will involve seasons of suffering for sure. And I think one thing that I, I try to keep in mind is that um, while there, we are called to die to self and it's so good that we have crucifixes hanging in our homes and in our churches, we wear them around our necks because it's a reminder. And the reason that we as Catholics can wear that is because we know that that's not the end of the story. We know that the suffering is necessary. But I also want to be very clear that I am not saying that that abusive situations are okay because of what St. Paul says. So, and again, boundaries on the conversation. God is not saying that because, you know, that this is a sacrament that abusive situations or that I'm just called to die to self constantly because I've entered into the sacrament, which means that I'm supposed to take on any sort of emotional or physical abuse and there's there's no out. So again, want to speak very clear <laughs> to that. No confusion there. Um, and then that's a that is an that's another conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, as we as we dive in more to like acknowledging the fact that there are struggles, well first there are things that we can do to kind of protect our marriage, um, having a good understanding of like, what is it that we signed up for, right? <laughs> what is it that we said yes to mm-hmm. in the sacrament, having a real good understanding um, or renewal of our vows. Um, but I mean, things like communication skills seem right. to be helpful, but I mean, what would you say are those things that that we need to have in place to really set like firm boundaries or um, just making sure that, that that marriage bond is protected at all costs? I would first say prayer. Um, prayer with each other, if that's possible. I know that there may be some couples who don't pray together, mm-hmm. but pray with and for your spouse. Um, I was reading how there was a tradition, I don't remember where it was, or it was just someone's story, but um, at the completion of their wedding vows, instead of kissing each other, they kissed a crucifix. And that crucifix then became the focal point of their family prayer, which I think is beautiful. So always understanding that your uh, mission your vocation as a married couple um, is given to us by Jesus. Mm. And when we, I think any marriage institution person who loses that identity, that I am called to do what Jesus is calling me to do, whether that brings me happiness, um, whether it feels good or 
if it can feel miserable for a moment, like we cannot lose sight that Jesus is the one calling us to this mm. and keeping that at the center. So I would say absolutely prayer, um, without a doubt. And then just, um, like communication, basic communication skills, like words of affirmation, being encouraging to our spouse, um, let those be many and criticisms be few. Mm. And I think sometimes the more we get into marriage, the more we can just be irritated by <laughs> behaviors of our spouse. Yeah. <laughs> and we can be really quick to be sarcastic and throw out criticism, which is not is not good. Also, when we're talking about communication, develop roles to how you fight, right? Yeah. Um, to how you um, disagree and yeah. how you approach conflict. And doing that, in a moment where there's not already tension, yeah, <laughs> you know, I think is really important developing those roles and um, raising concerns that we have, because we will have some mm -hmm. at the right time with gentleness and with love Yeah, because timing is important, right? Probably getting ready for school in the morning or what everyone has to get off is not the best time to talk about how your feelings got hurt last mm -hmm. night and you can't go the rest of the day without addressing it. Not good timing, right? Right. <laughs> so, so those are some things that I would talk about with, with communication. And one more thing, because I know that this can happen, is refraining from bad mouth, bad mouthing our spouse. Yeah. Um, behind their back. I think that's one thing that we as women, and I mean, and I'll admit from my own perspective like that is a real challenge because it's and you're sitting with your girlfriends yeah. and you're like well my husband did this and this and this and this and how dare he and they're like my husband too <laughs> <laughs> but it can start to to dive into a place of making your spouse the enemy right and just really harsh criticism yeah. and then you start to only see that your spouse the is the problem yeah and you only start to see the bad yeah and so because i would say for the most part like if i was um talking to my friends i think they'd always think i was right in my perspective mm -hmm. and they want to give me Supportive. support yeah but sometimes that means not calling me out on behavior that is not befitting of a christian wife does that make sense right. Right. and so just being mindful of that and one of the last things I would say too is um, having a spirit of thankfulness because I think being mm. grateful for our spouse can prevent or diminish the amount of bitterness that can grow. Yeah. It's hard to be bitter when you're yeah. grateful. And so, um, and it can be just very basic, like, Lord, thank you that my husband even has the ability to fold laundry. <laughs> Right. <laughs> or, um, but my husband's great. My husband is a great um, worker around the house. So I don't have that problem. But that was just a silly example. Yeah. But thank you that he has the ability to do that. Yeah. And um, trying to be in that mindset of thankfulness and focusing on what is good and what is right and what is true about our spouse. Yeah. yeah. And what I really hear is like a rem remembering that we are on the same team. Yes. Because that's one thing I know for myself that. I, I sometimes I have to step back from the argument and realize we're on the same team where he is not my enemy. Yeah. My husband is not my enemy. Your wife is not your enemy. <laughs> like it is we're on the same team. We're both striving for holiness. This is difficult. And especially if you have children, that mm -hmm. can be challenging as well. I, I mean, it just introduces a whole other array of um of challenges and um <laughs> interesting situations um but to recognize like we are on the same team which means like we're striving for holiness together like right. as individuals but together within our vocation and if 
if I can get that in my mind, then seeking resolution becomes a little easier, right. I think, instead yeah. of like feeling like, all right, we got to go to battle yeah. against each other. And I mean, we could do a whole podcast on, uh, maybe we will, on uh, communication guidelines. Yeah. And I mean, knowing your love language is really helpful. Um, I think we can also recognize like there are things, there are marriage killers that exist. Mm-hmm. So things like pornography, if Huh. And and we do want to do a podcast we will. on that. Yeah, we will. Um, pornography, like knowing if your children are finding out that your children have been exposed to pornography. But what do you do when you find out that your spouse is addicted mm-hmm. to pornography? Because that is a marriage killer. Yeah, that is a marriage. That is a marriage killer, and it's something that needs to be addressed. Hopefully before the marriage. Right. Um. But we know so many women who have discovered that even just years into mm-hmm. the relationship. Um, but recognizing that that is a that is a devastating thing. It's a devastating blow, um, and yeah. it, there is a need for for help mm-hmm. there for yeah. sure. Um, and and yeah, and other addictions as well, um, substance abuse, things like that. That those things affect the the marriage at a at a pretty um, pretty in, in a very intense way. Uh, and again, like that could be its own right <laughs> its own podcast. Um, so for couples who are, and I think that's a good segue into like being in crisis mode mm-hmm. in your marriage. Like what do you do when things are, maybe it's not to the point where there is um, violence or abuse occurring, but you're still in, you don't, it's not a good place. You know right. that you're, you're not in a, in a healthy um, place in your marriage. It's a difficult season. What are those things that, that couples can do to work their way out of that? Right. Um, I would say one of the first things is to just acknowledge that you are in crisis mode. Mm. And there are things that you will notice leading up to before it just hits you in the face. Yeah. Like you start to grow distant from your spouse. You're not sharing as much. You don't really want to be together yeah. and you're not making the time to spend with each other uh, when there's tension and decisions even if they're really small decisions that won't impact much um, but yeah when communication is reduced like you start to just live as two people who just yeah. happen to be in under the same roof which is not healthy so just acknowledge, acknowledging like hey we're in deep water here yeah yeah, yeah. so that'd be the first thing yeah absolutely um, but because that's humbling That is really humbling, especially when you are involved in the church and you're striving and you recognize the um, the great calling that you've been called to. And you're just like, man, it's just not working, you know. Absolutely. Uh, So it is humbling. And I would say because issues within a marriage can just range so broad. Right. Yeah. But I would say before any decision is made, before any decision is made on what you do next. Mm -hmm that um, you should look at yourself um, and ask, am I following what the church is teaching? Mm. So am I going to mass regularly like I am called to? Am I going to confession because not one of us is without sin? Mm -hmm. And am I receiving the Eucharist? Uh, Because we can't make clear decisions about another sacrament if we are not involved in the sacramental life of the church. Like that clarity um, it won't be there if we're not looking at things with the eyes of Christ. Mm-hmm. And I just, from my perspective, I just don't know how we can see things clearly when we are not tapped into um, God's divine life, which yeah. is given to us through grace in the sacrament. So 
that is also something that I would say. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, that's really helpful. That's really helpful. And I think that also brings up, you know, there are times where as couples we need to ask for help mm-hmm. and it's okay. It's yeah. okay to ask for help, but seeking help from the right places. Right. So talking to a priest, uh, especially if that priest has um, experience with um, with working with couples, and and um, we have such I'm, here in the diocese of Tyler, we just we have such great priests. We've had several of them on this podcast. Um, I think of Father Braun. I think he celebrated more weddings than any <laughs> priest in the the diocese. Um, but speaking to a mm-hmm. priest and just sitting down, even if your spouse isn't willing to have that conversation with the priest with you, but to seek counsel there or to seek counseling from right. from a licensed counselor. Uh, marriage counseling is a gift mm-hmm. and can allow us to see a perspective um, that, or allow us to, to bridge that gap in communication that we're just not getting to. Right. Um, at the same time, and I think this uh, this connects well to to the bishop's document. Like again, there are those extremes, and I, and I want to acknowledge like every situation is different. The right. the cases, the the difficulties, the challenges that every couple faces, um, each one's going to be unique. Um, what I appreciated with the bishop's document, um, so that document is called "When I Call for Help: A Pastoral Response to Domestic Violence." Um, it acknowledged the fact that there are situations in which spouses need to separate. They like the safety of the woman and the children. Um, that that is priority, mm-hmm. and that those who use Ephesians five as um, an excuse or a justification for um, Bad for their for their behavior, that's yeah. that's not okay. Um, so they define in the document, and I will put a link to the document um, in the show notes. But in it, it says domestic violence is any kind of behavior that a person uses to control an intimate partner through fear and intimidation. It includes physical, sexual, psychological, verbal, and economic abuse. Some examples of domestic abuse include battering, name calling, and insults. Threats to kill or harm one's partner or children, destruction of property, marital rape, and forced sterilization or abortion. And I I appreciate the fact that they that they did not um, uh, like just bounce around the issue. Like they right. really got to to the heart of it, and they address like men who often abuse. Ephesians 5.22, taking it out of context um, and or also using scripture to insist that their victims um, forgive them, like that that's not okay. Um, but the very, some of the clear uh, guidelines that, that they ask the church ministers to keep in mind in the following order is, you know, the safety of the victim and the children, accountability for the abuser and restoration of the relationship if it is possible or mourning over the loss of the relationship, um, helping couples to discern or, or individuals to discern, like, you know, if separation is necessary, and sometimes it is, and the church acknowledges that, mm-hmm. that the safety of the, um, the victim and, and any children that are involved is key. The church is not asking you to endure abuse for the right. sake of the sacrament because eh, that's not that's right. not a reality. So seeking things like an annulment may be necessary, but that's where talking to the right people yeah. is so important. Right. 
Yeah, knowing like, who we're getting counsel from, because I know sometimes I can go get counsel from the people who I think are going to give me what I want to hear. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so um, being prudent even about that, who we're yeah. seeking counsel from. Yeah. But I love even just the things that they give you. And I think this could also be used for anyone. Like, um, am I in a safe space physically, emotionally? Um, what was the other one? I forgot. Accountability. Accountability um, to yourself and to your partner. Now, I'm not just mm-hmm. talking about domestic violence. I'm right. just talking about any yeah. sort of marital yeah. marital like struggle. Um, and then restoration. I mean, that is the order, right? Um, and the church recognizes that restoration may not be possible, mm-hmm. but that should always be the goal, right? Right? Is right. restoration and knowing that there may be a time of separation while restoration can occur. But yeah. all of those in and outs, I think, should be yeah. um, talked about with a pastor and counselor, but knowing that our goal should be for restoration, um, if at all possible. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And ultimately, like, I, I hope, and I feel like this is like a heavier, heavier episode. Yeah. <laughs> like talking about the the realities of struggles, because it's not easy to admit that you're struggling in mm-hmm. your marital relationship or, you know, what does that look like in the church community? But we're human. Struggles are going to happen and mm-hmm. they they will look different for, for every couple. So there are things that we can do to protect our marriage. And if we're both seeking Christ with our whole hearts and minds, that is a, I mean, that's a solid foundation. Um, but also knowing that there are tools and um, that there is help available to help us to navigate um, different challenges uh, and things like that. And, and again, although there is an enemy to marriage, like Christ wants you to have a healthy, happy, holy marriage. Like yeah. The church wants that for you, and the church wants to be supportive um, of all of those things. So, yeah. Yeah. Man, I feel like we could have gone forever on this Probably. episode. <laughs> Probably. And like we said, like I think there's a lot of follow-up episodes yeah. that will come um, from this, but we're so grateful for the feedback that we've received. The Facebook group has been really wonderful, like just to connect with people who are in our diocese, yeah. but in other places as well. So we encourage you to join that Facebook group. Um, Mickey does a great job of um, sparking conversations um, in there and uh, just hearing feedback, like what are mm-hmm. the things that would be helpful regarding marriage and family life um, or really any topic? Um, right. Because this is about living our Catholic faith in the real world. Yeah, because this topic actually sprang from a lot of questions and concerns we got mm-hmm. from other people. So I don't know how if we would have touched on some of the things yeah. we did without input from our audience. So we really appreciate that, and we ask for more. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And we do ask, and we've, we're so grateful for the people who have pulled us aside at Mass um, or have sent us messages that are listening to the podcast and you enjoy it. We really, ah, we're so grateful for that. Um, if this podcast is something that is a blessing to you or you enjoy it, um, please like, subscribe um, to the St. Philip Institute um, YouTube channel. Um, subscribe to this podcast mm-hmm. on uh, on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. Um, but also leave us a rating. That would mm-hmm. be very helpful because um, that shows that this is something that is uh, a helpful ministry yep. um, in the diocese. So should we close with prayer? We should. All right. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come Holy Spirit. Father God, we praise you and we thank you for the gift of marriage. Um, And we pray especially for any couples who are struggling, for those who um, may not see a way to find resolution or healing 
um, that you would walk with them, that you would journey with them. Um, and for all married couples that you would help us to, to seek you first, that you would help us to be the witness that we're called to be and that we can glorify your name, uh, in everything that we do. We ask these things in your name. Amen. Amen. In the name of the father and of the son and of the Holy spirit. Amen. Amen.